Oh my Dang. gosh, what is happening? Is everything hooked up right? Um, I hope so. What is I happening? see a lot of wires. <laughs> so many wires. Live from Spinweb here in Indianapolis, Indiana, this is Spin Radio, your inbound marketing and sales radio show. I'm Michael Reynolds. I'm Abby Stearns. And we're your host today. This show is for you, the marketing director or the sales manager. Uh, Abby is pointing your dance. Are you like? It's for you. Oh, and for, for you. Okay. And you. And you get a spin radio episode. And you get a spin and radio, get a spin and radio, radio episode. episode. Oh, I got it. I can't wait till we hook up our camera and they can see you like with oh, your, we're your gonna pre-show hook up dancing. Or I know. You know, the Mevo has shipped. I forgot to mention that. Um, oh. I ordered this camera called a Mevo. Okay. And I think I was telling you about it earlier. Yep. Um, it like lets you zoom in on faces and like look really cool. Yeah. It acts like three cameras in one, basically. But it's one camera. And so it has shipped. So hopefully soon we will be broadcasting the show via Facebook Live or YouTube or whatever we choose to do. So Sweet. There you go. So now that we're off the rails already, hey, you can find us online. So, by the way, Amy Metherill is tweeting show notes as usual today. Thank you, Amy, for putting up with our shenanigans. Um, you can find us on Twitter at the hashtag Spin Radio, all one word, no spaces. Again, that's hashtag Spin Radio. Uh, you can follow along the show notes there if you're listening live. Actually, if you're listening after the fact, you can still go find them. You just have to scroll back a little further. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also the email. There is the email. the email. That's right. You can find us. You can email us at radio at spinweb.net, and we'll take care of answering any of your questions, concerns, comments. Um, we'll, we'd love suggestions, topics you want to hear. Please feel free to send them our way. If you do send a question, we'll take care of it today at the end of the show. Um, but again, that's radio at spinweb.net. There we go. I think that's it. Oh, uh, did you our Twitter handle? Did you say that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, the handle with the hashtag. That's, that's what I mean. Need. The I hashtag. <laughs> I have Twitter news today. English is hard. You, you do? I didn't. It's actually oh. uh, not bashing Twitter, actually, well, too. That's so okay. You should be happy. So. All right. Want to jump in? Well, let's jump in. Go for it. I got some stuff. So Weekly roundup for today. Yeah, weekly roundup. So Pokemon Go is this uh, new phenomenon. I shouldn't say too new, right? But... Um, I just lost the article. Newish. Why? Oh, here it is. Okay. So this is why Pokemon Go peaking is great for the game. So apparently, um, it's been downloaded a lot. Apparently. <laughs> and there are different categories. So this is... Okay. So th- how does this relate to marketing? It relates to marketing because when you're doing things that people get super interested in, you start to see data and stats. And that's where this is going to tie in. So here's the deal. Um, the game is actually increasing in popularity, obviously. And it is being downloaded in mass quantities daily. So... Um, what what people were worried about at first was would it hit like a certain peak and then like die right but it's actually great for the game because how does pokemon go make money i have no idea you don't okay there are some <laughs> there are there are things that players can pay for so now you're really really early adopters you're like avid players the people that are like beyond level 20 i guess i don't know what it, that even means again i am not a pokemon fan or a pokemon go player i'm sorry i'm not have nothing against it it's just not for me but um but these people aren't going to be paying money so it's really just the it's the players that are kind of in the casual category or the hype players, the ones that jump on bandwagons. Those are the ones that are spending a lot of money on this game. And so what Pokemon is real. What Pokemon Go is realizing is that um, 
while the hype is good, that's not what actually brings the money. It's the it's the continued um, download of the casual player that brings it. So Pokemon Go at the end of the day is a business, and it makes money when players play. So the more that they can get people to download and um, and just like the and more so a specific group of people. So the the um, the hype players. It's the it, they're called hype players. Hype so player they're the hype player. The people that jump on bandwagons. There you go. Oh, early it's adopters. The no, early adopters are not bandwagoners. Okay. They split that up. So I'm early confused. adopters. I have so many questions. Okay, hold on. <laughs> early adopters are the most. They're the most high retention players. They're the ones that downloaded it in like the first week. Okay. And they were already predisposed to be fans of like Pokemon and all that craze. Okay. They're unlikely to pay, but they drive the next two level of players. So the next two level of players are your hardcore players. It doesn't matter when they downloaded it, but they're hooked. And then the casual players, that their investment is still enough that they play like a few times a week, but they're likely to keep it past like a 30 day. They'll, they'll play it. I'm purposely not installing it just because I would get addicted. You would get it addicted. It looks too, too much fun. So you're <laughs> category not four, it. you're the hype player. So you're not necessarily like a huge Pokemon fan, but this is the person that, first off, they, they decided that these players are the worst because these are the players that like just downloaded it right away. They're not necessarily predisposed again to being Pokemon fans or the game, but they're like the same person that will real quick go watch like, um, or they'll talk about game of Thrones in the office with everyone, but then go Google what the red wedding really means. You know what I mean? Like these are I'm players. So lost. These are so the hype. <laughs> yes, players, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. You, yeah. You're not so lost. You're being, I just don't watch game of Thrones. I don't know what you're talking I'm just, about. No, I'm. It's an analogy. Okay. It's it's the same as if you started to talk to Allison and I about Hamilton, but then you had to go Google what Hamilton like what song. Well, I would have to about. because I don't really know what's going on. So exactly. I, yeah. Right, but that's the same. So that's a hype player. It's just a person okay. that's like, oh, there's this craze. We should join. Like, let's run and join. But we don't know what's a Pokemon. Like, gotcha. that's this person. So that's the person that's spending all the money. And why? Because they want to spend the money so that they can stay in the know with the early adopters and mm. the fans and the stuff like. That. So what Pokemon, about being included. Right. So as a business, what Pokemon Go is realizing is that they're generating that their hype players are generating the biggest revenues. Um, and their presence, while it may seem kind of fake because they don't really know what's going on, it's actually the best piece of the puzzle for them as a business. So um all this so the hype again, so that's why it said why the Pokemon Go hype is actually good for business. It's because those casual bandwagon like I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna spend money so I can learn how to do it is actually increasing business. So think about that when you have kind of a new shiny thing to offer. Think about the quote unquote players that will just latch onto it because it's like the new and shiny thing. Um, those may be the ones that spend the most money with you because early adopters are going to really, you know, kind of slow roll in and test it out and make sure everything's functioning before they make huge investments. Mm, I see how you brought it home. Well done. Like that? Like that. It was a good study. I'm tempted to install it because it looks like a lot of fun. I am But not I know I would there. be totally addicted, so I'm, I'm resisting so far. There you go. This next piece <clears throat> actually comes from HubSpot, of course. Um, it's actually a downloadable. So I'm prefacing that now. It is a... Um, it's a guide that you can download, and it's how to use Instagram for business. I thought this was very timely as we were talking about 
other social media platforms outside of Facebook. I think we were even talking mm-hmm. about Snapchat at one point and how some businesses are using that. And mm-hmm. um, so this is downloadable. I downloaded it and it is um, very interesting. So I put the link in here because I feel like, especially on the sales side, um, I think the marketers get it. The marketers are like, get on social media and use the right platforms. The sales teams, for some reason, are still, and I am totally guilty of this, we're still hesitant to do a whole lot of social media um, interaction, if that makes sense, and sales, I guess, on social media. Not really sales, but just that whole connecting and networking. We're still so comfortable in face-to-face networking events or um, on-the-phone interactions versus social media. So this goes through a lot of stuff like the anatomy of a great po- profile and post, the a creative inspiration to help you kind of think about what you should be putting on Instagram, how to use hashtags correctly, which I know you've addressed um, in the past, and actual business Instagram etiquette. So there is etiquette to follow when you're a business on Instagram, which is totally true. Um, and then ideas on how to run contests to grow followers fast. So if you get people kind of in your thing, this would be really, 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 really beneficial for B2C, I believe. I'm not for certain. But uh, actually, I am for certain. This would be very beneficial for B2C. It's the B2B. You'd, you'd probably start to get, a, you'd want to get a little creative. You're adjusting stuff. I'm listening. I'm oh, just okay. adjusting. Because oh. I, if I, I have the mic angled to the side, so I have to oh, like, yeah. talk to the computer, but I'm, that way I can't see you as well. So I'm, no, you're good. I'm trying to be more polite. There you go. I'm turning my windscreen. Etiquette. Look at you. I'm just kidding. So, Please continue. Um, I will not divulge everything. I have read the the guide. I'm not going to divulge everything. Um, but actual, I will divulge <clears throat> this. So they had a percentage of month over month audience growth. This was according to uh, a study that they did. A study? I'm a trying to study. find. No, no. This is Icon Square. Some. I'm sorry. Icon Icono Square. Um, they did a study and they said, so this is the percentage of month over month audience growth growth. So for Facebook, it's 91%. Twitter is down is 87%. YouTube is 89. Instagram, 93%. The percentage of month over month audience growth. Instagram's hot. So Instagram is hot. Google plus. <laughs> Are you making fun of me? Cause I used to like Google plus. Yep. You still do. I, I really don't actually, uh, you'll be proud of me. I've not logged into Google plus for like months. I know because I've stopped getting notifications that I've missed <laughs> something on your Google. That plus. I actually posted something. Yeah. I would still post things on Google plus every now and then just to like be active. And now I'm like, okay, I forget it. Right. And Google finally gave up. They like, they emailed me recently saying we're combining Google plus with your business apps, all the stuff. As I'm like, should. okay, just yep. thank you Thanks, for giving Google up. Plus. So anyway, so this guide, like I said, I'm not, I don't want to divulge anything because it is a download and I want to be respectful to HubSpot and their um, desire to acquire your email address. So <laughs> their desire to acquire your email yeah, address. Yeah, hey, I totally play Thanks, the HubSpot. I play the same game. I get you. I got you. I'm. It's all good. Um, but things to think about: what would you be using Instagram for, and etc. So really, really, really good article. A really good guide. Uh, this is a um, one of the better guides I've seen come across my inbox in a while so thank you hubspot i appreciate that but go get it go pick it up for yourself i sent you the link to a email so speaking to pick it up oh yeah sorry yeah so speaking of oprah and things for everyone um (laughs) apparently uh twitter is now releasing verified accounts for everyone and everyone you get get a verified account account. the article actually has a gif of oprah as it should. No, d- there you go. For and real? you get verified. And Hold you get on. verified. And you does get it, verified. Does it really? It's so good. Where so is it? the next web is reporting that. So verified Twitter accounts have been around for a while, but mainly for celebrities. So, like if you were, you know, the president or 
you know, some celebrity or some famous actor or, you know, Tom Cruise or whatever, you could right. get a verified Twitter account, which means that Twitter would have a little blue check mark uh, in your profile to let people know that that's actually the real you tweeting. Yep, that's because I And it was I only got, reserved for famous people. Yep, I got Aaron um, Rodgers. But now Twitter is opening the process for everybody, so everybody <sighs> is able to verify their Twitter account. So if you go to the article that we're tweeting out now from the next web, it gives you details on how to do that. But this is actually, you know, interesting uh, move for Twitter, allowing everyone to kind of verify who they really are, which is a good thing. So a little bit of news so, on the Twitter front. I think that's a good thing. Notice I'm not bashing Twitter today. No. So, but you're saying, this is why I love Aaron Rodgers. He just retweeted a Goodwill Hunting <laughs> meme. Focus, Abby, focus. I can't. <laughs> I'm done. I'm lost. Looking at All right, Aaron Rodgers' on. Twitter. But anyway, so oh, you're sorry. talking about that little blue. You're little blue check mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, but, but I guess my question is, why would like some small person like me need to be verified? No, just, I don't know, just to verify that you're who you are. Like so if your you, friends can be like, I am following the real Abby I mean, Stern. I guess it's good that if you, I mean, people can't hijack your your persona and pretend to be you, oh, I guess. Oh, okay. So if you verify who you are, then totally fair. they always know. And I guess it can be for famous-ish people, too. Like, I would I would say you're famous-ish. You're not really famous, but, like, you speak. And I you're, mean, I'm famous. You're, you represent our company, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's good to be verified and show that, you know, that particular Twitter account is the correct one tied to you as a person. True. So nothing wrong with that. I mean, identity theft might be kind of a, you know, social identity theft might be an issue, so it's good to verify it. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, that's not a bad fair. thing. I think it's just a good thing. I'm going to have to follow this verification process. There you go. Thank you. And then next, uh, I know you guys wanted me to report on this. <laughs> this whole mm. the Giddy mm-hmm. Images thing. So, uh, what, are you, what are you watching? What's happening? I'm not. What was, was it? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> it is you. It's me. <laughs> Are you watching a Star Trek trailer? Well, it's um, I, I have news on Star Trek later, but it, oh. apparently the site I opened like ten minutes ago started playing a video. So there you I'll go. come back to that. Okay. So um, yes, this is a Getty good one. Images. Oh. So this is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So Getty Images is notorious for sending cease and desist letters and invoicing people that. Um, steal their images and use them without uh, proper licensing, which, granted, is illegal, and Getty has every right to go after people. So, But they are relentless. They are absolutely unforgiving. So if you inadvertently find an image that... You know, maybe it's Creative Commons, or, or it looks like it's Creative Com- looks like it should be publicly available, and it's not, and you use it, and Getty finds out... They will come after you. They will invoice you, and they will hound you until you pay them, you they know, five hundred bucks or whatever it is for the image. Hunt you down. And it may have been an innocent mistake, and they don't accept any apology. They don't accept any like you know, if you take it down and say I'm sorry, they don't accept that. We've reported on this many times in the past. So anyway, they're relentless. But so <laughs> the story is awesome. Fair. So apparently, a photographer has filed a one billion dollar lawsuit against Getty for licensing her public domain images. B with a B. <laughs> Billion with a B. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> the photographer um, is Carol um, Highsmith, and she received a letter from Getty Images, apparently accusing her of copyright infringement for featuring one of her own photographs on her own website. <laughs> so she turns around and says, um, "Sorry, Getty, um, that's actually my yep. photo. Yeah, um, it is public domain. You're mm-hmm. using it without my permission. Mm-hmm. And based on all the situations in which you've used and sold it, you now owe me one billion dollars." <laughs> Boom, Mike drop. And you know what? So she is suing Getty. I am on team photographer on this one because isn't that awesome? Yes, because Getty, for real, like. 
is just just kind of hounds. Anyway, I've heard them called parasites. Like I think Doug Carr on, on Facebook shared the image. Doug is how I found the actual photo, or I'm sorry, the actual article. And Doug's like said something like, "I hope those parasites get you know sued for. Hope she gets all the money from those parasites or whatever." And he's right; they're parasites. They yeah. they could you know be a little more reasonable and understand when people make honest mistakes, but they don't. They're just unforgiving. They're right. just like completely right. merciless. So guess what? She about to get her. So one I'm calling it karma. That's karma. Go karma. Yeah. So, so grateful have the world fun getting goes with that round one. and round. Good job, girl. <laughs> um, so that's yeah. what I got. Anything else on your list? Nope, that was it. That was my list of stuff. <gasps> All right, dive. shall we deep dive? So I like our topic today. So today we are going to talk a little bit about mobile. A lot of bit about. Well, a lot of bit about. So um, this is inspired. Actually, the, the information is mainly coming from an article on the Jacob Nielsen's website, the Nielsen Norman blog. Mm-hmm. And it's actually by uh, Raluca Badu. I hope I pronounced it correctly. Boudou. And uh, Kara Pernice mm-hmm. uh, co-authored. And the article is Mobile First is Not Mobile Only. And we've kind of uh, called our theme, It's Not a Mobile Only World. Mm-hmm. And I like this a lot. We talked about this a little bit, Abby, uh, earlier this week, in that a lot of people are designing mobile first or mobile only uh, when they're designing websites. Well, and we have been guilty of saying... And stressing the importance of a, a mobile optimized or a mobile responsive site, right? Which is good. Which is, good yeah. which is the direction that yes, you need to go. However, we forget to caveat that with, please don't forget about the other devices. Yeah, exactly. And I've so, seen this happen a lot. A lot of companies mm-hmm. are just saying, "Oh, well, mobile is the only way to go," and um, and they forget that the. Design trends that work on mobile and are geared toward mobile mm-hmm. do not always translate back to the desktop. No. And in fact, I've seen, um, I saw a medical practice earlier this week that their website is designed for mobile only. And if you look at it on my laptop, it looks horrible because it's got the hamburger menu and the really yes. huge, thin, like, you know, blocky menus. And it's like, it's just so ugly Blah. because it's designed for a phone only right and that same design is used for desktop which is completely ridiculous mm-hmm. and so i thought we'd talk a little bit about this today. so first of all why do you think people abby why do you think people just design for mobile only these days is it because it's just so hyped now and i think so actually about so much? i i i truly believe that we as marketers in in today's day and age have have completely. I mean, when this thing and you can't see me, but I'm holding up my smartphone. When I love smartphones, your new case. That was like a dollar or something. It was a dollar. I mean, my <laughs> other one broke, and I'm I was step in, a photo of your, desperate. your case just because it it's is hilarious. so girly and it's a dollar, and I really need a better one because right, I up. have children. Okay, so <laughs> when this thing came out, um, when these devices were created no one really there in the beginning people didn't really think they were going to stick honestly it's like any good idea right oh and those, new, when you won't like that one those young okay you're making a funny face that one's better okay i'll send that one to those young whippersnappers are um you know creating things again it'll just go away well it didn't go away and it got bigger and it got bigger and it got bigger and mobile phones got better and better and better and more controlling of our lives and uh and it so for for good reason, people said, businesses said, oh, shoot, people are searching me on their tiny little devices. I've got to make sure that they can find the right information and get to the right section on my website when they're on their mobile devices. And consumers are guilty of pushing this um, this change, right? Because we do, as consumers, we 
tend to go to our small devices real quick. If I have an idea about where I need to buy something or go to eat or um, I, I hear someone give a name of a business, I'm like, oh, who is that? Let me, let me just Google them real quick. I don't ever pull out my laptop initially. Um, it's always my mobile phone. So I, I think that the reason why people turned their focus so strongly towards mobile only was that immediate <clears throat> consumer mm-hmm. and uh, the, consu- the push from the consumer and the, the pressure from the marketing media. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just how it was. And, so, and studies show that people are on their mobile devices way more than they are on anything else for research and things like that. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, in many contexts, yeah. Mm-hmm, dot, 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 you know. But I, I mentioned this, I think, earlier this week. A lot of, quote, real work still work. happens yeah. on the desktop and laptop. Yep. For example, if you're writing a blog post mm-hmm. or writing an article or writing anything... It's easier to do typically in front of an actual computer, maybe a tablet as well, um, or if you're doing design work. Obviously, I mean, our designer Jason could not design websites on a phone. You know, <laughs> he's got he's got to open up Photoshop and actually do design work. I think he's tried. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so the the point is to remember that in our haste to embrace um, mobile optimization, that you know, w- which is a good thing, right? You know, we shouldn't leave behind other contexts because we have to balance our content. For all different mediums. And so there's a few techniques that we see a lot. Mm -hmm. And actually, this is a reference in the article. I'm going to actually jump straight to that. Yeah, let's go. Are Um, you going to there? Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to go straight to that. So I just want to keep following along. There's a lot of design patterns that are borrowed from mobile um, that people are using on the desktop that don't translate well. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the biggest ones is hidden navigation. So, Abby, you've probably seen the hamburger menu. The hamburger menu is that three little lines. At that the, I used to call like a stack or a pancake. Okay, or. Well, <laughs> so yesterday we were having a, a meeting and so I think uh, Allison called the stack, a uh, little icon, a stack of pancakes. And Chris was like, no, it's a stack of discs or something. It's and like, I'm like, okay, because uh, it looks like a pancake. That's something else. Though. But so, so anyway, the hamburger menu hides the navigation. So on your mobile device, uh-huh. you probably noticed that the hamburger menu is up there and you click it and it expands the menu. Which is super <clears> handy <throat> on mobile. I love, yeah, love, love, it's love, perfect on mobile. love hamburger menus on mobile. But Talk on to desktop, me about hamburger mo- menu when I get on my laptop. I'm going to shoot the website. It's annoying, isn't it? The most annoying thing. Yeah. The because most the menu's annoying hidden. Thing. You don't need to hide it because you have plenty of space for a real menu. Bingo. So why make it more effort for the, the user to get to? So mm-hmm. that's one of the things people use on desktop a lot, and it's it's not the right translation. Use a regular menu on desktop. Um, repeating nav- Okay, here's one that I actually, like, people made fun of me about. Repeating navigation at the bottom of the screen. So on our new website, I know I requested our navigation menu to be at the bottom of the screen. Yeah. Apparently that's actually not, uh, I don't think it hurts anything, but that's one of the things people do on mobile so people don't have to scroll back up to get to the navigation. And apparently Jacob Nielsen disagrees with doing that on desktop. Well, I disagree. Although I don't think with, it hurts anything. I disagree with Jacob Nielsen. I'm just going to well, say Well, thank you. Because I do too. Because I think when I get to the bottom of a page of a website or the bottom of a website, mm-hmm. I don't want to scroll all the way back up on my computer. There you go. We win. All right. It's two against We're just going to decide one. that we're dis- we're agreeing to disagree <laughs> on this against Jacob Nielsen. One. Yeah, it's, he's, uh, well. He's probably smarter than us, but still, I, I disagree. But as a consumer, I'm going to say <clears throat> I disagree because, again, when I get to the bottom of a website page, the worst thing is to be like, oh, I got to go all the way back up. I will say out of all these items, that's probably the least offensive, I think. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's someone, something that no one really pays attention to. I think the hamburger phone is... The hamburger, hamburger phone. Hamburger I just phone? called it a hamburger phone. Juno. Hamburger menu. Whoops. The hamburger menu is worse. So sticky navigation oh. is also one. So yep. Sam does a really good job of this. He makes navigation sticky on our mobile sites, mm-hmm. our, our responsive version of websites, which is great because as you scroll up and down, 
the sticky navigation stays at the top, so you can always get to it. Yes. Um, on desktop, it's not as important, and it can be annoying for some people as well because... It doesn't go away. That, yeah, it doesn't go away, and you don't need it. You've got plenty of space to scroll up and down very quickly. Right. Um, so you don't really need to do that. Uh, navigation in the upper right corner. That's something that a lot of people do on mobile and uh, on desktop sites that disrupts the user experience because people are used to navigation being either at the top or the left. And if you move it to the top right corner, it disrupts the the flow of how people are used to interacting with websites and it can cause some confusion. Right. It's It definitely throws off the user experience. And so, like you said, confusion happens and frustration starts to take place because you just think you have to go find it and you find it mm-hmm. and then you realize like why would they do that over there yeah it can be very annoying yeah and, and then so, the search icon yeah so, the search so uh, just yeah, a reminder ahead. for our listeners like everything we're saying is stuff that's actually best practice on a mobile device it's not best practice for your um larger scaled versions of your site mm-hmm. if that makes sense i just want to make sure because it sounds a little confusing i think when we're saying um, search icon instead of search box. And people are like, well, that's what we have on our mobile. Well, yes, keep it on your mobile, but take it off your... Well, I think the key here is you've got plenty of space. Correct. On If you're using, if you're designing for a desktop viewport, I mean, you don't have to skimp on space as much as you do on mobile. Mm-hmm. And so creating elements that are usable for desktop is a good thing because you have more space to give more information and more context mm-hmm. and more coaching for the user. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're designing for mobile... And you translate that to the desktop. What that's going to mean is you're going to hide menus. You're going to, you know, compress search boxes into something they have to click anyway. You're going to put things in the wrong place. And it's going to create an awkward user experience. When mm-hmm. you don't need to do that, you have the space to provide the extra context for people in that viewport. Mm-hmm. So, so I thought it was a really good reminder to not, in our haste to, again, in our haste to move toward mobile optimization, we have to make sure we don't you know, incorrectly use those mobile techniques in the wrong context. Gotcha. So I get really nerdy about this stuff. I mean, I, I follow Jacob Nielsen for that reason because he's very focused on, you know, running a, a site that focuses on usability studies and usability coaching and usability uh, advice, which that translates to marketing because if people mm-hmm. can't use your website easily, um, they're not going to convert. They're mm-hmm. not going to buy things. They're not going to fill out forms. They're not going to find the phone number. They're not going to interact in a way that leads to actual marketing engagement and sales engagement. Mm-hmm. And so usability should be at the forefront of everyone's marketing plan because it's such a key component. So mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy usability stuff like that. Well, and I enjoy <clears throat> reading things that Jacob Nielsen uh, talks about, number one, because of exactly what you just said. Number two, someone like me who doesn't really understand that and needs to understand it more, so it puts it in layman's terms for me. So I appreciate that. Um, right on. But this is all good stuff. I mean, this is, the, you know, one of the biggest frustrations I hear, and he says it too, is that you hear about people complaining about having to find like a little teeny tiny thing on their mm-hmm. big computer. And like, why, why would you do that? Why? Just don't. Why would you do that? Just stop. Just stop it. Yep. They're there. Absolutely. So we are doing the run for one thing. We are. Moving on to some random stuff before we wrap Next up. Next Saturday. So not tomorrow. Next Saturday. That's next Saturday? Yes. Wow, are you ready? Oh, yeah. I've been running. Like, yeah, you're, you like run all the time I, now. I do so, run all yeah. the time. Um, I need new shoes, though. I need to get my husband on that. But anyway. If only so, you had a source for new shoes. only I was married to someone who has access to all <laughs> different types of shoes and is now moving on up in his world. But anyways, yeah, so the run for one. I, I do definitely want to stress that if you are an indie and if you have no plans for August 6th, 
as much as it's a topic no one wants to talk about, but we should, human trafficking, um, especially among women and young teenage girls, is huge. It's huge. It's actually a bigger problem in the United States than it ever should be because it's crock in 2016 and we shouldn't even be dealing with this but um, run for one is being sponsored by purchased they are a nonprofit here in indiana that's goal is to end modern day slavery right so it um they teach and educate about the rise and challenge of you know sexual exploitation and um again this just kind of the human trafficking and so this is a run specifically to fight human trafficking. It is not expensive at all to run. So if you want to come and join us for a 5K, the SpinWeb, some of the SpinWeb crew will be out there. I know myself and Allison, and we're trying to convince Michael to walk slash run the 5K with us. Um, it's $20. I, don't know, I think I would die. You will not. It's five. It's three miles. You'll be fine. Allison said she'd walk with you. Um for a family to run or, or walk the 5K is only $30. So please consider coming and being outside in our great city. Downtown is beautiful right now. Um, and, and yeah, get this done. So it is next week. For some reason, I linked over to the link for last year. So that's my bad. But they do have <laughs> a new link. So this the link that's in the notes, uh, Amy, just so you know, takes you to last year's, which says it's August 22nd. That's inaccurate. This year's is August 6, 2016, um, again at U of Indy. Um, so please come and join us and say hi to us and help fight you know, a good fight against something yeah, that's just... Um, that we shouldn't even be talking about. Like, I mean, we, we're obviously we need to talk about it, but we shouldn't be talking about it because it shouldn't be happening. Sure, Get sure. me off my soapbox before I shoot somebody. <laughs> As a mother to a daughter, I just can't even. Um, and then I did put this in there, but I thought, oh, maybe it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Go for it. So we are getting ready, and by by ready, I mean in the next few days. I think I say days because I think so. a week I think would we're be. Close. We will be releasing a new brand and a new website. Like we're close. Um, and so, if you are paying, if you're a Spinweb super fan, you've probably already seen the new brand and the, and some stuff because we've kind of slow rolled it, it into some of our. It slipped out in some blog posts and stuff like that. So stay tuned. We do have a new brand. We have a new website. Um, our swirly spin web logo will be going away. So if you love it so much, get it on a t-shirt now. <laughs> and a new one's coming. A new awesome hip. I'm Exciting. excited for mm-hmm. our new brand. That so, looks good. Looks really good. Um, please stay tuned for that. And, and give us your feedback. Give us your honest feedback. Let us know if there's something on our website that's hard to navigate or hard to get to. Um, we paid really close attention to a lot of the feedback that we were getting on our current site. So, I think it'll um, be good. Yeah, I think it'll be good. You got anything? I do. So I didn't put this on the list, but uh, for those who have been following along my excitement for the new Star Trek series, uh, TV series, that is, uh, coming in 2017, Mm -hmm. I am super, super excited. So, Doug, if you're listening, uh, I hope you are aware of this. If not, I'm telling you, buddy, this is going to make you happy. So at first, we thought that it it was reported that uh, CBS All Access would be the only way to watch the new Star Trek series. Sure. Um, actually, it will be released on Netflix as well. Within 24 hours of each episode airing, it will be on Netflix. Netflix. I am super excited. Netflix is stepping up their game. It is. And we have a name for the show as well. Oh. Uh, it is Star Trek uh, Discovery. Oh, geez. The starship is named Discovery. 
It is the NCC, I think, 1031. So it's a new starship, a new name. It is set in the time frame between the original series and Next Generation. So it's kind of in between that time frame. Uh, so be on the lookout for Star Trek Discovery. Uh, the trailer looks awesome. It looks oh, so good. Oh, my lands. Go, go find the Google Star Trek Discovery trailer. It is so good. I'm just waiting for more Harry Potter stuff. So Netflix will carry it, which makes me so happy. That actually, that Cannot is something. Wait. I'm hoping that we see something or some type of um, data or, or on Netflix because Netflix is doing uh, two big things. So mm-hmm. that's one, mm-hmm. right? So that's and then come August or September, they're putting all Disney movies on Netflix. I know, I saw that. Yep. Which right. basically perfect timing for Eli. Yeah, uh, done. Like yeah. we will never have any other subscription to anything else ever again. Like why? I remember back when. Uh, um, Netflix tried to sell themselves to Blockbuster, and Blockbuster was like, no, no one's going to ever stream movies. Sucks to be you, Blockbuster. (laughs) Oh, wait, where are you now? Now there is literally one Blockbuster store left in the entire planet, I think. And it's in Alaska. And I think they're actually, I saw a story about this once. They're like having fun with it, like making fun of themselves. Like like their Twitter account is hilarious because they just like mock themselves mercilessly. Yeah, because they Because know. they're the only Blockbuster store still open. Well, and they lost. Blockbuster yeah, lost. They so. were dumb. So when Netflix came, they should have said, sure. Um, one thing to kind of just a somber thing, but maybe not so somber because he got online and everything and said he was okay. But George B. Thomas, oh, just yeah, a George. shout out, a shout out to George B. Um, we're glad he's glad feeling better. better. Um, if you don't know who George B. Thomas is, you can go follow him on, um, Hubcast. the Hubcast. He and his, Marcus, and George Mar- and yep, Marcus Sheridan and George B. Thomas on the Hubcast. They do an excellent job of talking about all things hub, spa, and marketing related, of course. Um, but George B. Thomas ended up in the hospital earlier this week, and he talks about it. He's very open about it. Um, some health stuff that he's discovered because he, like the rest of America, does not see the doctor annually. So um, two things we learned from George Thomas this week. One, Continue to be good to people because he had like a million views. Maybe not that much, but he had a lot of well-wishers and a lot of friends that were concerned about him, including us here at SpinWeb. Mm-hmm. And two, just go to the doctor once a year. It's not a big deal. And take care of yourself first. Your business comes second. Um, so well wishes to George B. Thomas and his family. Glad to see he's up and running again. And glad to see he is uh, just more aware of, Ditto. of that. Agreed. Um, Wanted to shout out to him. And then I've got something from C.S. Lewis. Go for it. You are never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. So set some goals this weekend. I like, that. I like C.S. Lewis. Dream a new dream. I read a lot of his stuff. Yeah, oh. Screw Tape Letters. That was a good one. I've never read that one. It's a little, you gotta, whew, it's a little. It's on int- my list. It's intense. My long list. But as always, enjoy your weekend. Have fun. We are actually going to go watch. Star Trek. Yes, the new Star Trek Beyond movie yeah. as a team. We had a lot Which of. I don't know. What's this week was go really, on. really busy for us. We like spent a lot of time um, staying late at the office, doing a lot of stuff. We can't talk about it, top secret stuff. But no, but we bonded. Um, I think we bonded this. We week. We did. We had a really good. Uh, we had a good week. Had some good accomplishments, and so we're going to take a little bit of time and celebrate as a company and go see the new Star Trek movie during lunch at Flicks. So yeah. Uh, so, but while wait. we're there, we'll probably you know give someone a high five or do something <laughs> like that. But again, Spin Radio is brought to you by SpinWeb. We're located at spinweb.net in the Indianapolis, Indiana area. You can always send your comments and questions to radio at spinweb.net. Thanks again to our awesome Twitter manager and all things managing of us, Amy Metherill. I'm Abby Stearns. I'm Michael Reynolds. And we're your hosts every week at the same time. Thanks for joining us this week. And as always, don't forget to give someone a high five. <laughs>